Good evening. The date is January 12th, 2019, and I'd like to welcome you to the pilot episode of Ciancio Speak Sports. My name is RJ Ciancio, and I'll be running this radio show for the foreseeable future. First of all, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in, and I'm very thankful to Brenda Facemeyer, who hosts Face Off of Facemeyer, for helping me get this gig set up. With that said, I'm going to prepare to tell you guys what the topics are for today. This is an open forum show to talk about sports and anything sports-related. As long as it's sports, I talk about it. So, before I get to today's topics, I want to give you all a phone number to call in with. The phone number is 563-999-3462. Once again, that phone number is 563-999-3462. So the first topic I'm going to be talking about today is should your head coach get fired, why or why not? So personally, I am a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And I believe Mike Tomlin should be fired. Why? Well, uh, the rest of this year really was horrible. The worst injury we had was to Ramon Foster, our offensive guard, and it wasn't a bad injury. I also think the fact that we didn't even sniff the playoffs. I mean... On paper, we have the best roster in the NFL, bar none, no questions about it in my Yinzer opinion. But Mike Tomlin found a way. And it's, it's not necessarily that we did so poorly. It's like tied the Browns in week one. We didn't address locker room problems like Antonio Brown. We didn't cut Chris Boswell when we needed to. These are very, very basic things that I feel most competent coaches would understand. And I think Mike Tomlin is a glorified Marvin Lewis. When you look at the talent Tomlin was given when he first took over for Bill Cower in 2007, he won a Super Bowl with the Cowers team in 08. I don't care what anybody else says, that was a Cowers team basically, with the exception of the coach. And you can't have that. I'm happy in the Super Bowl, but Tomlin, since 2010, has won three playoff games. More Star Wars films have come out in the past few years than Tomlin has won playoff games. You know. And the Roonies need to understand that loyalty is great. But you've got to be able to cut ties eventually. There is nothing wrong with that. We got rid of Chuck Noll after a while. He retired. You know. And I've heard people say, well, Tomlin's, you know, one of the best coaches in Steelers' illustrious history. What illustrious history are we talking about here? For those not aware, the Steelers from 1933 to 1972 did not win a single playoff game. I mean, who are we going to say were the best coach part in 1969? Buddy Parker? Like, Tell me if anybody else knew that name besides me. And, you know, I'm just personally perplexed about this and how Tomlin has a job. If, you're, if you are perplexed about how your coach has a job, please call in to 563-999-3462. Once again, that number is 563-999-3462. Now, back on, like, Tomlin, you know, listen, stupid conversation. I, you know, listen. We're talking, Antonio Brown is a big locker room distraction. 
Now, I'm not blaming this all on Tomlin, but Tomlin enabled Antonio Brown. If you enable a diva, the diva will go full diva on you. I, I mean, it's sad because, you know, Antonio Brown is a generational talent. You could argue he's the GOAT as far as wide receivers go. But the problem with him is his locker room distractions. And, you know, listen, I am appreciative for everything Antonio Brown has done. You know, but if you're going to trash your team, say be traded twice in the middle of the season, you can't do that. I'm sorry. The first time I get it, you're mad. You're frustrated. It's a tough loss, okay? But the second time, you get into a hissy fit with Ben Roethlisberger, and you just want to, you know, say you're going to be traded, you know, you're going to get your wish. And I'm going to have no problem with that. But, I, and, you know, people are like, well, Roethlisberger shouldn't have been talking bad about Antonio Brown. Well, here's my comment to that. All right? Maybe Mike Tomlin should have been talking about the players. Because Tomlin will not say a single thing about the players that isn't 100% positive. This is not your middle school team. This is not your high school team. This is the NFL. We're getting into matter. People get paid. People have jobs and lose jobs because of poor performances. You know, last year we fired Todd Haley. We thought that was the end of our problem. You know, I, I truly did think we were going to have a great year this year. And what do you know? It that wasn't the end of our problems. We gotta get the dragon at its head, and the head of the dragon right now is Mike Tomlin. If you guys want to cut off your dragon's head, or want to tell me if your coach should stay or why not, please call in at five six three nine 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 three four six two. Once again, that number is five six three nine 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 three four six two. Another thing about Tomlin is that. He's been in a very weak division. Not a lot of playoff contenders have come out of the AFC North recently. And that's sad because, you know, the AFC North was at one point the best division in the NFL, bar none. Yet here we are, it's the beginning of 2019, and a Steelers 2018 campaign was a complete disaster. We play down to our opponents like it's nobody's business. We lost to the Oakland Raiders, the Denver Broncos. We tied the Cleveland Browns. Do that and expect to make the postseason. I'm kind of glad that we missed the postseason because we would have lost even more and we would have lost a good draft pick. Well, a decent draft pick, I should say. Our draft thing has been pretty bad. I mean, Artie Burns, first-round pick, complete bust. We're cutting him probably this year in favor of Cody Sensenbaugh. Jarvis Jones, a former first-round pick, no longer on the team. It, the drafting hasn't been good, really, with the exception of Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner. If we can't utilize our first-round picks, there's a real issue. All right, 860 number, you are on the air. Hi, yeah, this is, uh, this is Pete. I wanted to call Hi, and Pete. just ask you... Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Listen, I love all your articles on our arena football too. I think they're great. But uh, listen, I, wa- I wanted to just ask you if 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 Tomlin and uh, is this bad, don't you sort of have to blame the Roonies for not doing something? Absolutely. It, yeah, it's definitely falling on the ownership here. 
because, you know, I know the Rooney's are, are about a family and ownership and loyalty, and that's great. You know, since 1969, we've had three coaches, Chuck Knoll, and then we had Bill Cowher, and now Mike Tomlin. But my issue with this is that, you know, loyalty and then clinging onto things are are two separate um, occasions completely. We are holding on to the dying remnants of the Dan Rooney era with Mike Tomlin. And Dan Rooney was a great owner, rest, you know, like, but I, I, I'm sorry, I can't support this. It's like when you're with your ex uh, in a relationship, and you know the relationship is not going anywhere, but you're holding on because you don't know what else to do with your life. That's the Steelers right now. The Rooney's have become that clingy boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever have you. Jeez, yeah. All right, well, thanks. I hope something changes. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, this is just very, you know, hard to watch as a fan. Um, luckily, the 10 minutes I have to talk about this topic are coming to a close. If you want to get on the next topic like Pete did, please call in at 563-999-3462. So, now we're going to talk about who you guys have winning the Super Bowl. So, the Super Bowl is obviously the biggest NFL game of the season. No if and or buts about it. But now, it's never easy to pick. I've been making picks for a long time, and I can't remember making a single one of them correct this early on. If I had to put my money anywhere this year, it would be, well, I mean, before today it was the Colts, but, um, yeah, that's not going to work out, is it? You know, considering how the Chiefs are laying and butt whooping on them. But, you know, we'll have to live with that. Um, so, considering what's going on with the Colts, I, I'm going to go with the. I'm going to go Dallas Cowboys. And I hate saying that because, you know, I'm a hardcore Yinzer myself. And it's, you know, just. I have to line Ezekiel Elliott and. I honestly have to say, Dak Prescott and Mari Cooper have really been showing up. And I am impressed by what they've been doing. I'm not a Cowboys fan of the slightest. You know, um, but I gotta say, I recognize game while I see it. At least I think I do. And I feel like I'm seeing it. Uh, people forget that the Cowboys defense isn't that bad. I really believe that, you know, uh, Garrett is coaching for his job, you know. I know he got the extension, but the difference doesn't make at this point. If I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm thinking, we just gave our coach a big extension. He better win us a Lombardi, and he's in the position to do so this year. And I know, like, you were probably thinking, you know, well, the Cowboys are the weakest team left. But it's always the weakest teams that I fear. If you look at the history of some of the best Super Bowl winning teams, they weren't necessarily best in the regular season. You just have to be a good postseason team. Look at the 2005 Pittsburgh Steelers. Came in number six seed, and they played with a burning fire. And when you know what, they beat the Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl in a very controversially officiated game. Topic for another day. Just two years later, the Giants coming in as an, 
a wild card team themselves, beating the Patriots in arguably the greatest Super Bowl upset of all time. These underdog teams have something to play for, and I can't count them out. It's not even just the NFL. Arena football, which I cover on arenafootballtalk.com. Um, you know, the Washington Valor were the number four seed, which is the lowest seed in the league right now, and they won their championship. Never underdog out. And if you want to talk about why you think your team will win or if you don't have a team to root for and you're just hoping for a good upset, you know, call in at 563-999-3462. Once again, that number is 563-999-3462. You know, back to the underdogs and why the Cowboys. I, I think Jerry Jones, as much as I like to be hard on the guy because it's kind of fun, you know. He's a controversial figure, and he has a civil war brewing with Roger Goodell. But that's beside the point, you know. i got to give the man credit keeping a stable franchise. And, you know, the Cowboys also are not only really fighting to win the love of the NFL, but they're fighting, in my opinion, more importantly, to win the love of Texas because in the past couple seasons, the Houston Texans have been fighting for a very, very prestigious title, which is best team in Texas. Texas is a football state, first and foremost. You look at the high school stadiums, you look at the college, you look at everything, and I, I just have to say that Texas is a big, big, big place with a lot of teams. So to be the one is a very important status that brings you, you know, a lot of ticket sales, revenue, merchandise. All this does is help you. And, you know, Dallas is also playing for pride at this point. I mean, if you're the Cowboys, what do you have to lose? You're still America's team. Despite how much I hate that nickname, you have that nickname. So live up to it. You got nothing to lose right now if you're Dallas. Go all out, go all in, because if you can develop Prescott and draft well, I'd be scared of Dallas, and it's playing with fire. All right, A6O, you are on the air. Hey, this is Steve. I, I had a question for you. Why, why Do you really believe this whole thing with Dallas, with them being America's team? I hear that all the time, and I'm like, is that just like, what is, it, is that like a P, I mean, PR thing? I mean, who, who decided that? The NFL? Uh, that came from a NFL Films highlight rule reel from 1978. It was recapping their season. Oh. Um, do, I, do I believe they are America's team? Not on the slightest. That should be the Redskins. But, you know, uh, considering that they're called the Redskins, and I had a whole debate on that with uh, Branda Facemeyer last week, you know, uh, I don't see that changing anytime soon. But, you know, our America's team, not because, you know, they're located in the nation's capital, but I feel like Jerry Jones represents a lot of the stereotypical American. Big guns, big personality, big ego, big money, you know. Like, when I think Texas, I think Jerry Jones. When, I, when a lot of people think America, they think Texas. When you think Texas, you think football. It all is this 
really weird circle that leads back to the Cowboys. Yeah, but what about what about the Patriots? A Patriot, that's American. They even win in the best. I mean, come on. Okay, well, listen, I can get what you're saying here. I mean, you know, Americans are kind of known to, like, illegally spy. Oh, sorry, sorry, wrong instance there. Um, Had to bring up Spygate somewhere. Um, but no, I, I think, I think the Patriots are not America's team because I don't think they have the history. If you count only the 20th century, you are looking at a pretty laughable franchise with a lone Super Bowl appearance in 1996 where they got beaten by Brett Favre. I'm sorry, that does not make you America's team. The Cowboys have had long time credibility and... With that, I have to say, you know, congrats to them. It's not an easy thing to do. You know, you also have five Super Bowls. I know the Patriots have five, but, like, I don't know. I just can't stomach thinking that the Patriots are America's team. And I truly believe that once you have that name bestowed upon you, you can't take it away. You know, unless there's another, like, secession from this union, which I don't see happening anytime soon, uh, you know, they're going to be America's team as long as Texas is a part of America. So it's just kind of hard to stomach, you know, but I, I truly believe the Cowboys have a chance because they are this underdog team, and I always fear the underdog more than anybody. Because I, before you got on here, Steve, I was just talking about, you know, how teams like the 2005 Steelers, the 07 Giants, you know, are great examples of underdogs having nothing to play for but them believing in themselves. And when you have nothing else to lose, there's no reason not to go all out. And sometimes it takes being doubted to give you that motivation to get to the top. So, you know, I, I also fear Dallas' ground game more than any ground game in the NFL today. I, I don't think it's because of Ezekiel Elliott necessarily. It's the offensive line that scares me. I, I also got to say, I'm surprised how Amari Cooper is doing, you know. The Raiders clearly did not manage him well. But, you know, I, I'm not in a position of authority of an NFL team. I'm just the guy hosting the radio show. So, all right. You know, with that, we're about to switch to our next topic. If you want to get in on the action, you can call in at 563-999-3462. Once again, that number is 563-999-3462. All right. Uh... Area code one one one. You are live. Hello. Hello. Hi. Yes. What's your name? Oh, uh, hi. My name's Stephen. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, RJ. So I just wanted to ask and like for you to just kind of elaborate on what your Super Bowl pick is for February. I'm kind of interested in who you think is going to make it. Personally, I think it's going to be the Saints, but I'd love to know your opinion on the subject. Uh, I'm leaning towards the Cowboys. Um, at this point, my Steelers are out of it. Um, you know, and I don't want the Cowboys getting the sixth ring, but underdogs have everything to fight for, nothing to lose, and I feel like they are the underdog right now. So with that fire lit, you know, why not? I feel like nothing ever goes as planned in the NFL, so I don't see why it can't be them. Uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys have a pretty good shot. Are you like, uh, what do you think of Dak Prescott? So, 
changing topics now. We are going to talk about pro wrestling and I and listen, I'm getting into pro wrestling because of all elite wrestling. I've talked about the past couple of weeks and you know, it, it's it I feel like WWE is worried. I truly do. Now, with the new wrestling promotion comes many new wrestlers and people who want to join. So if you have a close friend or a loved one who wants to be a pro wrestler, would you support them? Call in at 563-999-3462 to give your opinion because personally, I can't support it. I'm sorry. You know, I am not against the form of storytelling, but like, if you want to, especially if you go to those hardcore promotions, your CZWs, your former, like, or, uh, uh, ECWS promotion, you know, listen, you're putting each other through barbed wire, you know, getting hit with steel chairs in the head, and for what? Some laughs and giggles? You know, listen, I, I, I respect what you're doing, guys, but you're not getting paid top dollar for this. Most of these hardcore promotions are not mainstream. And even if you are making a lot of money, how much is your body really worth? I mean, there are so. It's not just things can have happen to you in ring, because you know things that happen in ring. You know, like the Owen Hart incident at Over the Edge, nineteen ninety-seven. You know that was a stunt gone wrong. Um, that was WWF being stupid. Uh, you, you just have what happens. I feel too often is that you will get hooked on some drug because that is, you know, not intentionally overdose, but they just get on drugs. I mean, you know, I, I watch some, like, shoots and stuff, and, and drugs are pretty prominent in the wrestling culture, I think it's safe to say. But, like, when you start messing with drugs, you become dependent on them. And, you know... I mean, one of my favorite wrestling matches ever involved Eddie Guerrero, and, I mean, you know, Eddie Guerrero died because of, like, partially due to uh, things that were brought on by a painkiller addiction. Because the demand for you to get out there is so, so hard. And I cannot believe it, you know. Like, these people are humans just as much as you and me, and, you know, I, I couldn't support someone going into this. So many people get hurt severely. Um, some people get paralyzed like Darren Drozdov did. You know, concussions, everything, the whole nine yards. I mean, and then a lot of these guys commit suicide. I mean, the most prominent case is the Chris Benoit double murder suicide. And, you know, it's a real shame that happened, not only because, um, you know, rest in peace Benoit family, but they were, Chris and Nancy were darn good wrestlers that nobody seems to be able to talk about. And, you know, uh, uh, Chris is high-flying, throwing your head around the place, um, you know, using flying headbutt style, is not helping anything in that case. I mean, people described him, um, you know, after looking at his brain post-mortem, they said it was like an 84-year-old Alzheimer's. Like, if that's what a wrestler at the top had to do to get there, you know, I can't support people doing that stuff. There is nothing inherently wrong with wrestling itself. Just do it safely is what I want, you know. Don't pull a new jack, you know, 
start like blading and stuff, which if you don't know is where you intentionally cut yourself to add a dramatic effect. It's just not worth it. You got family and friends back home that if something happens to you, they're all going to miss you. Now, does this mean I'm not going to watch wrestling? No, because the people who do it are adults. And they've made that choice themselves to become pro wrestlers. I, you know, I think at a certain point, I can't stop you. And I have to, if you're my friend or family member, I'll support you to a degree. But if you're, like, jobless and you're looking for, you know, a, and you see a local indie fed giving out, you know, jobs at a local wrestling promotion, you know what am I going to say? Oh, no, that's the avenue to get big in. You know, be the next Rock. You know, be the next Brock Lesnar. I, I can't say that to you because it's so hard to get there. Just something that I cannot support personally. But, you know, if you support it or if you don't support it, you know, call at 563-999-3462. Once again, that number is 563-999-3462. But, you know, I mean, let me just go over some names of people who passed away prematurely who are wrestlers. Before 20, Janet Wolf passed away, who, and she was um, in the National Wrestling Alliance, and she died because of injuries suffered during a match. Chris Von Erich, WCCW, you know, suicide. Oro, um, head injury, suffered during match. It's Kima uh, Kato from Josie Perusu or JPW. Internal bleeding, suffered during a match. It, It's just so many people from these things that, you know, don't happen every day. It's just confusing to me why people will go to these extreme promotions. I, I can get you, guess you can justify WWE since they've gotten rid of the chair shots and they've started to work the wellness policy in, which only came after Eddie Guerrero died. I just want to remind people of that. You know, um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's your body. You can decide what you want to do with it. But, you know, just be safe. I, I've just heard too many sad stories of wrestlers dying or being permanently injured over what is not even a sport. And I know people know kayfabe is broken. I mean, that happened after the curtain call in Madison Square Garden. But, like, I can't, like, try to justify football to a certain degree because you're doing it for a legitimate sport. But legitimate sport. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. I love good entertainment. I'm a writer myself. You know, but at the end of the day, I cannot support, you know, this with my whole heart. I will give you the emotional support that you need, but like, I'm not, you know, again, if you're looking for your first job, and no one am I going to say, oh boy, let's go be big wrestlers. No. It's dangerous. Especially, and I have to say this again, especially if you do this hardcore wrestling stuff. Now listen, I mean, in my opinion, hardcore wrestling is a form of art. It's a very twisted form of art, but uh, I'm a liberal arts type guy, and you know, art is art. Um, is it safe art? No. It's like, you know, it's like saying, is juggling chainsaws while they're moving a talent? Yes, it's a talent, but it's not what I encourage you to actively pursue. 
But if you do it, it's your body on the line, your life. You know, and I, I also feel it's different if you've got family at home. Because we heard what happened with the Benoit's. You know, Friday kills his wife Nancy. Saturday kills himself. You know. And Chris Benoit was a good guy up until that point. You know, as Pierre said, you know. They couldn't believe it. They did it, you know. And we'll be getting into Benoit a lot more next week. That's one of the topics I got planned. But at, at the end of the day, it's your body. You can do what you want with it. I mean, in legal parameters, I'm just going to say be careful. All right. So next I want to talk about the NFL owners. And if you want to do the same thing, call in at 563-999-3462. Once again, that number is 999-3462. So, I have to bring up the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award in the NFL Honors. So for those who do not know, the NFL Honors is like the NFL Award Show. It's like the Oscars for players. Rookie of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, the whole nine yards. But the one thing that always stands out to me is the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Now this award goes to the best person off the field. And I think that's great. Acknowledging people off the field because, listen, the NFL has a lot of pre Madonnas in it. I haven't wanted to hear that. You know, I'm not the last one to say it either. But I cannot, you know, I don't know how I feel about the Walter Payton the other year. Not because, you know, it's Walter Payton didn't do any good and he shouldn't have something after him, but every team has to have one representative. And, you know, I feel like this is a PR move by the NFL. Uh, it's just hard for me to listen to and hear about every single week because if you are truly doing something for good, you are not doing it chasing clout. You know, you don't go clout chasing if you're trying to do good in this world, okay? You do good because you want to do good. And there are some great guys out there like J.J. Watt, like, Hurricane Harvey victims. He raised so much money for them. And he didn't do that clout chasing. He did it because J.J. Watt wanted to help people. But at the same time, I feel like some of this stuff is forced. I also hate how you seem half to have a representative. Why can't the NFL pick five of the, you know, nicest guys in the league to do charity work? Because not only will that make it seem more valuable, you have guys buying for those spots much more. Because if I hear like Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell gets nominated for that somehow, I'm going to laugh and say, clearly Pittsburgh had nobody good to put in that year. Because we know Antonio Brown is a dealer who almost killed a toddler by throwing furniture out of a 14-story building, and Antonio, um, pardon me, Le'Veon Bell is known for doing not safe worth things, you know, um, when he's not at practice. It's just sad, in my opinion. All right. 978, you are on the air. What's your opinion Hello? on Neil during the national anthem? So, Neil during the national anthem, 
Yeah. So the I think that is a great question. And kneeling on the national anthem, you know, that's in the past, but just to give my quick two cents on it, because I feel something we don't need to address much anymore, is that you have constitutional rights to do that. I'm not going to endorse it or say it's a right or wrong thing to do. But it's your opinion, you know, and you can express it. All right, 914... You are on the air. Hello? Hi. Hi. Uh, my name is Joe. Joe and how are Joe you, Joe? Gipsy. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'd like well. to talk about the New York Jets. Oh, boy. Let's try to keep some profanity out of it. I know it's been a rough year. <laughs> what, what did you say? If we can keep profanity out, that's great. I know it's been a rough year for you guys. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm sitting here watching the uh, Kansas City Chiefs beat up on the uh, Colts, and I'm thinking that Sam Darnold's going to do the same thing because he's a great young quarterback. I think Sam Darnold definitely has potential. I'm not going to lie to you about that. I mean, I also want to jump to extreme conclusion because, you know, uh, I, I'm gonna have to ask you if you have anything in the background. Back, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to mute you. I'm sorry. There's too much background noise. All right. Listen. If you call into the show, guys, I'm really happy to have you, and I want to talk to you guys. But we cannot have background noise. All right. Two zero three. You are on the air. I'm an international businessman, and I need help hostage. Please send help. So back to the NFL honors, since that's where we kind of left off before we got sidetracked a little bit. Um, you know, listen, again, players want to do good. Good for you. I'm very happy that you want to do good. The world needs more of this. But I feel it's being forced on us by the NFL. And, you know, listen, I think doing good is a great thing, but at the end of the day, if you want to do good, you're not going to do it just for the attention. And that's that. Switching gears now to something I am very, very personally interested in, and that is the Alliance of American Football. Now, for those who are not aware, the Alliance of American Football, or AAF, as I'm going to refer to it from here on out because I don't want to say Alliance again, um, is that, you know, the it is a spring league. And it's starting this season, starting... In a couple weeks, and I am a big fan of football as a whole, but leagues as a whole. I cover arena football for arenafootballtalk.com. I am interested in these spring leagues, you know, and I really think that they have a chance to succeed where others have failed. All right. 152, you are on the air. Hello. Eight four five. You are live on the air. Hi. Hi. Um, how are you? Can good. This is a little bit of a switch from I think that the topic that you're on. Um, but I was wondering your prediction in the Super Bowl. Who you would think is uh, going to make it this year? Going to be Cowboys Colts this year. I think the 
I mean, that's why I probably would have said before today, so I'm sticking with that. I don't want to change it last second. I mean, it's not going to work out considering how horribly Indianapolis has done today. Um, the Cowboys, I said Dallas because, I, as earlier, I said earlier, I, I feel the underdog is one of the most scary teams because in the NFL, nothing really ever goes as planned, and some of the best teams that have ever won are teams that have had nothing to play for but their pride. Mm. So you're you're thinking it's uh, going to be those two? Yes. Yeah, so who do you think is going to be in the big game this year? Yeah, I really don't have a prediction yet. But if it's of those two, who are you seeing being the victor of that? All right. So in the odd chance that Indianapolis pulls off some miracle comeback, which is not going to happen, it's going to be them. <laughs> but seeing that's not going to happen, uh, you know, uh, it's I, I'm going with the Cowboys. Um, I'm a Steelers fan personally, but you know, I, I I don't know. I just feel that when you think America football, you think big, large, you think Texas, it would just kind of be symbolic almost. Okay, okay. Well, being a Giants fan, the Alliance of the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's okay. It's it, okay. I, I think it has your input on that. Thanks so much. Good luck with the rest uh, of the show. USFL. All right. Thank you very much. Before it, you're welcome. Bill Pullian, Charlie Ebersol, Dick Ebersol, Troy Palmolli, Jared Allen, Justin Tuck. These are all guys who have connections to professional football in some way, shape, or form. And they know the game. And with them running a league, I truly feel it has a shot. Problem with startup leagues that have failed. The World Football League. The USFL. The XFL. They were started up by money-hungry businessmen. Not people who know football, but businessmen. Now, there's nothing wrong with being an entrepreneur in this day and age. I think it's a great profession for you to have. But, I must say, football is some its own beast. And, you know, the last American football is targeting some cities that I personally think, you know, are some of the best ones without teams. And I even targeted some with teams. Here are the teams this year. The Arizona Hotshots, the Atlanta Legends, the... Birmingham Iron, the Memphis Express, the Orlando Apollos, the Salt Lake Stallions, the San Diego Fleet, and the San Antonio Commanders. All really good cities, in my opinion. These are some pretty big cities. Only two have NFL teams, that being Atlanta and Arizona, respectively. Oh, and some of the cities that they chose, with teams in like San Diego, was a phenomenal choice, considering... San Diego is pretty mad at the Spanos family, but they love football. I mean, they had a team from 1961 to just a couple of years ago. It's, you know, I think there's always potential there. And, you know, spring league always interests me because football is traditionally played during the fall. It's a fall sport. You have Canadian football in the spring. You have indoor and arena football in the spring. And... This startup league, I think, has a real fighting chance. It has people who know the sport, it has great venues, it has NFL-caliber coaches all around it, you know. And it has players who were in the NFL, like Zach Entenberger, 
guys like that are in the league. You will see names that you might recognize from local colleges in your area if you're rooting for your local team in this, you know, in this league. And I think um, every league has a chance. I really do think every league has a chance when it starts up. It is very hard for me to say you're going to do well if you don't have people who know the sport running the league. And that's where I think this league truly has a a shot to shine, you know. I think that with people who know their sport correctly and play the cards right, just about anything can be done. And, you know, I, I'm personally a big fan of the United American football. I tuned on to the original press conference. And I hear everyone on the Internet talking about how the XFL is going to come back and revolutionize football. No, it's not. I'm sorry. I hate to burst your bubble, but I will. All right. The XFL was a gimmick league when it started. It tried to bash the NFL. If Vince failed the first time, why should I think McMahon will do any better the second? Vince Vince McMahon is the sports entertainer. Vince McMahon cannot run a sports league. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's a phenomenal sports entertainer. But, uh, you know, I'm sorry. The XFL has, what, one person announced who's really important with them, Oliver Luck? You know, great guy, but I just don't see it happening. I think the city choices were horrible. And with these alliances in American football starting up, there's going to be massive pressure. And I, I think that they can't handle it because this is a legitimate league, in my opinion. Uh, I personally have not been around for a spring football league myself when it kicked off. And this being the first one, you know, I, I got really excited. I think the cities that were picked were really good. They have big media markets. They have some history of the sport most of the time. You know, I mean, Memphis had the Titans for a year. San Diego had the Chargers for a while. The uh, city of Atlanta has the Falcons. The state of Arizona has the Cardinals. Birmingham, Alabama has a history of spring leagues. Orlando, history of spring leagues. San Antonio, history with spring leagues. Salt Lake is the only real outlier here, and I may be forgetting a team or two. But being out city, it supported an indoor team a few years ago. The, the fans showed up there. I don't see why it can't work. All right, 720, you are on the air. Hey, how you doing there? This is old Kirby, Redskin fan since 1969. Hey. How you doing, RJ? I'm doing good. How about you, Kirby? Real good, just um, watching the Colts get get their butts whooped. They call they call the Lucas Oil Stadium the glue factory for a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, uh, back in the old days, you know, the Kansas City Baltimore Chiefs had a, well. <laughs> Yeah, the Baltimore Colts and the Kansas City Chiefs, but uh, the Chiefs had a had a horse that that um, that a guy dressed dressed up as an Indian chief would run up and down the sideline. His the horse's name was War Paint. Then they, you know, the, uh, these uh, 
it just wanted to wanted to make it more politically correct or something, you know, in 89, I think it was, and they they uh, changed the mascot from war paint to, to a wolf. So that's why that happened. I didn't know that. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, real quickly to bring up what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the upstart Springley, the Alliance of American Football, and uh, what are your thoughts on the league right now? I mean, do you know about it at all? Not not too much. Uh, there's uh, one that's supposed to start next year, right? Yeah, or in 2020. That's the XFL. That's the XFL. Okay. Well, I've I've been an NFL fan since since baseball, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm not. I I didn't like it when. Uh, when they screwed up the Dolphins back in the seventies, you know, with that, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of players went went to the USFL or something the, or, or, or the World Football uh, League. The world, yeah, the World yeah. Football League. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, yeah, Zonko Warfield. Um, yeah. I think it was Hick who jumped to the um, Jacksonville team. I don't. I don't remember which uh, one it was. But. Or, or Memphis. One of the two. I think it was Memphis. They jumped to. Yeah. But um, yeah. no, I, no, I, I go back to the AFL and NFL days. You know, uh, prior prior to the merger. You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you were there to see it yourself. Would you? Say that you know competition really helped the two leagues progress during the time when the AFL and NFL were fighting it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely did. Uh, uh, the AFL was more pass happy, and you, you know, for the fans, fans liked a lot of scoring back then. You know, well, they still still do, but you know, the <laughs> NFL was more smash mouth, uh, more running the ball with fullbacks and everything. Yeah. All right, we're getting another person calling in. So, all right, 860, you are live. Hello, is my microphone working? All right, sorry, we have another prank car calling. It's been a rough day on that front. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, you know, I think with these spring leagues, there's always potential, but there's always potential to fail. You know what I mean? Right. It, it just, you know, I think football does not have to end after the Super Bowl ends because, you know, it, it's a long drought for us fans, and I'm really not into any other sports. So I, I got to get my, you know, football while I can. I think giving it to fans year-round is a very good business plan. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Um... It was interesting when they uh, merged. You know, uh, most people thought thought the NFL were was much more dominant than the AFL. But uh, you know, the teams like Kansas City and the and the Jets with Namath and all that started to show show they were just as good. You know, and I mean, you saw the USFL only almost caused the same thing potentially. Like the USFL was in striking position when they moved the schedule to the fall. 
Would you say that? I uh, um, I don't I don't really know. I just you know I didn't like it. You know them come coming out with another league. It's just 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 my own personal thing. I was a NFC guy, diehard NFC guy, Packer guy, and all that till. Vince Lombardi went to the Redskins in 1969. Then I switched over to the Redskins. Ah, so that's how that happened. Yeah. All right. All right. Two four zero. You are on the air. Jason, when you're ready, we're just talking about Upstart Spring League. Oh, I start spring league to the arena. Oh, we're talking well, about an football? outdoor league actually. Oh, we're actually talking oh. about a, an outdoor league. Yeah. Um, in a couple of weeks a new spring league is starting up and you know um it's got eight teams. They are placed in Arizona, Atlanta, Memphis, Birmingham, Orlando, Salt Lake City, San Antonio, and San Diego respectively. Yeah, I think it was good city choices, and I, I don't know. The people running the league have their experiences in football. They've either – they have former players making a mark. And they're not trying to get people to the NFL, which is what a lot of other leagues tried doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean – I'm not really a fan of arena football. I remember when it first came out years ago, and um, I think I watched a game or two of it, but I really couldn't get into it. But um, if they if they if they show them on as far as you know as far as uh, the little leagues, um, it'll be you know nice to see how how um, they are uh, you know. Um, uh, what's the word? I don't know how they're accepted. I guess. See, yeah, know, I think. I think you have to start off as friends with the NFL if you're going to have a chance. I mean, you saw the XFL try to buck the NFL from day one. The uh, uh, players or former players or or guys who were, um, I guess, what let go or put on waivers or something like that, released from the practice squads or something. Um, yeah, you're going to see some... I'm going to arena. Yeah, you'll see them going to arena. Yeah, you'll see them going to arena, or you'll see them coming to this Levy Alliance of American Football. And, you know, um, it has a nice farm system already. It has people, like, if you're cut from certain teams, you're eligible to go to certain teams in the Alliance of American Football. And okay. I think that's a take risks on the biggest players. Uh-huh. And, you know, consequently, you see the same teams winning all the darn time. Mm-hmm. It's a single yeah. entity. Like, people are working together here to make all the teams go instead of having one team dominate. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, folks do like a competitive, uh, competitive, uh, you know, game. So, um Hopefully they'll be able to uh, bring more competitive play back into focus. 
Yes, and you know, I also just think um, that more football means more football fans. You can, I think, it'll also bring in some disgruntled NFL fans. I know there are a lot out there. People are tired of Roger Goodell not knowing what a catch is, bringing down random disciplinary rules whenever he feels like it because he's power hungry. You know, constant controversy yeah, over always about, being there. Yeah, you talking about um, uh, Jerry Jones? Who are you talking about? Oh, no, just NFL, NFL fans in general are kind of, like, frustrated with all the random stuff that upholds every year. And I think this new league won't have any of that. And, you know, mm-hmm. it'll take those frustrated fans who are tired with all uh, of this and yeah, bring them might, in. And yeah, they, yeah, I, I, so, don't, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, and, you know, like, I mean... Especially if your team is not doing well, it's easy to get frustrated with the NFL. This year was the first real hard one for me as a Steelers fan to watch unfold. So, you know, I understand why people want to be done with the NFL, but it's the only thing in town. So, you know, if this other league is starting up, you could definitely see some fans. Yeah. Well, um, aren't there two uh, two uh, new new football leagues starting Right now, but, um, um, uh, your audio blanked out again. Oh, it went out. Hold on. All right. What is the name of that? What is What's the name of that San Antonio team? The command. Spring League San Antonio team. They will be playing at the Alamo Dome. Yeah. Yes, the eighth wonder of the world, if you will, or at least it was for a long time. It's the longest time. Yeah. Called the San Antonio Commanders or something. Uh, I know. Big show. I was saying that... um, that uh, they were going to be, uh, well, they're starting up uh, down here in uh, San Antonio. Yeah. Oh, we're running down to one minute me? left, so I can hear you now. But we're running down to one minute, so if you have any closing statements you want to make for the night, you know, um, I make them now. Okay. Well, um, I'm just rooting on, rooting for the uh, Chiefs to win this game, and um. I um, can't wait to see the uh, next game of this doubleheader. Mm-hmm. I am too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hopefully I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Any last comments? Yeah, I uh, just want, want you to know that uh, you have a very interesting show and you cover a lot of things and uh, and I would recommend it to any sports fan, you know, football fan, uh, NFL fan, uh, uh, arena football fan, just people, people that are like sports in the off season, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for all that. Next week, I'll be talking about Chris Benoit. This is Seattle Speak Sports. Thank you for joining.